my time now I'm gonna be myself Or I could be someone else No one's stopping me now I'm gonna skip my breaks I'm gonna make mistakes I just wanna feel alive It's just what I do when I'm out So try not to hold me down Feel alive Hey, this is Champaign, Illinois native Emily Harrington coming to you from Kitchen Table Studios in the ever-evolving, sometimes boring, flatlands of Champaign-Urbana for the next podcast episode of Hyperlocals, where townies and transplants share their tales of tears and triumphs, losses and wins, so stay tuned to catch the characters behind the beloved Twin Cities of CU. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of Hyper Locals. Today we have Jamie Wellman talking about ADHD or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So, Jamie, I start every podcast kind of talking about how I know the person and what constitutes them as a townie. I would say we've known each other since freshman year of high school. You think that's safe? Uh, yeah, I'd say that's pretty safe. So, and Jamie, even um, we even notoriously went to prom one time together. Yes, we did. Do yes, you, we did. Do you remember that? I do. I do. Still got the pictures. Cut to <laughs> now. We graduated in '02 from Central High School. So now, twenty years later. Yeah, is it that long? I hope. Yeah, yeah and I, I guess I'm, so. <laughs> I have been married to his best friend for uh, twelve years. So pretty crazy how things worked out, but. To say that Jamie and I have memories together, um, debauchery and four years of just craziness would be an understatement. Definitely. Definitely, yes. So, Jamie, what brought you to Champaign? What brought you away from Champaign? And then what brought you back? Yeah, so I left Champaign. Let's see. I guess originally when I first went to college down in Carbondale. uh, So I was down there for about two and a half years. Uh, then I came back for a summer, uh, took a couple classes at Parkland. Um, then I did a, a gap year where I was gone. So I was out of the country actually for um, about three and a half months. Then when I got back, then I went out to the East Coast uh, to Vermont where I was uh, out there for schooling again for probably, I think I was out there total for about four and a half years. And I got back into Champaign in around 2012. And uh, what brought me what brought me back, uh, sadly, was a uh, money situation. <laughs> yeah. ran, ran out of money and uh, couldn't pay uh, couldn't pay where I was at, so I had to come back and uh, start anew. Uh, but I did uh, I left basically because of schooling and uh, came back just because the opportunities that uh, Champagne had and being uh, you know in quotes I guess they're being a townie. Um, there are a lot of advantages I feel in in certain aspects of uh, of job situations and. Uh, you know, just knowing the area and things like that uh, kind of broadens your your options. And your parents are here too. Correct. Yep, family's here. So uh, that was also yeah big reason why I came back and <laughs> lived lived with uh, my parents for a couple months uh, just to get saved feet, back money. Yeah. So it was uh, it was interesting, but uh, yeah, it was fun to be back. And when you first came back, you worked at the 
Jamie's love, I think, and dream will always be to work in music, probably. So you were working at the Canopy Club for a while. Yeah, yeah. So when I came back, uh, first thing I kind of originally did, I wanted to get back into the live music industry. So I reached out to uh, Urbana local, Seth Fine. Uh, he's big into the music industry, and uh, he was a family friend and pointed me in the right direction. That's um, where I needed to go, and I ended up uh, kind of getting into the music career. Uh, first, I started as an intern and kind of moved my way up. But uh, but yeah, music was, was a big reason uh, why I started stayed here and came back for sure. Seth is also notoriously now a uh, youth baseball coach, if you didn't know that. I've, I've been told. I've been told. <laughs> um, well, what brings you here today? This is a podcast of people sharing stories for the most part. And um, you have many to tell, but I think we narrowed it down. And it's been your struggle with ADHD or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, particularly as an adult. And I think this is in the mainstream big time right now because of, and we talked a little bit about this, TikTok is doing this subset of videos where individuals go on and they kind of share their ADHD symptoms, um, making people feel, I think, or question, oh, do I have ADHD? And it's just And they're kind of self-diagnosing for good or for bad. I'm not totally sure, but it's the term ADHD has really become commonplace. And I have seen this also previously with OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder. People say my OCD is kicking in or I clean my closet. It's my OCD. And it, it makes this term seem more like a personality trait and not a true medical diagnosis. So... For you, for someone who's actually been diagnosed with the disorder and is negatively affected daily, it's not really a cute little quirk like social media is kind of making it out to be. So I was wondering if you could kind of tell me about, and I know you even went to your mom to kind of get this all flushed out, but what's the origin story of your ADHD? Yeah, yeah. So I did. I did have to do. Did have to do a little bit of research because, uh, as you probably know, a lot of a lot of children are diagnosed, you know, pretty early. And so, yeah, I didn't remember the exact, you know, time when I was when I was diagnosed. But from from whenever I, I grew, you know, from ever remembering when I was growing up, I always kind of remembered having it. And I just remember, you know, in school, um, first time I think was around third or fourth grade. So yeah, I had to go back and do just check with her and see kind of you know how you know what she thought and what her reasoning was for for taking me in. Um, and yeah, basically it was um, from her perspective, she was seeing things that she just kind of noticed and kind of right off the bat, you know, behavior manifestations, things, um, you know, inability to sit still um, was a big thing for me, as I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of kids yeah. out there. It's so of- hard to, it's so hard because a kid is, is meant to be active. Yeah. So yeah. it's so hard to know the line. Yeah, and especially, you know, nowadays, I mean, you know, everyone, you know, we've got, you know, everyone be like, boys will be boys. Right. Um, you know, and everyone's like, oh, you know, they're just a little hyper. You totally. Know, you know, when you hear that. But yeah, the biggest thing I think my mom was, was telling me was, you really just got to, you got to figure it out early. Um, biggest things to think as well, as she mentioned, was the teacher's um a lot of times you want to think, you know, that your doctor will notice it, but your doctor doesn't really spend that much time with you. And really the people that are going to notice, you know, these types of things and, you know, kind of the, I wouldn't really say warnings, but, you know, triggered kind of things that, pe- you know, parents and teachers should look out for really is going to be the teacher or the parent, you know, whoever is going to be, whoever spends the most time with, the, you know, the child. 
Totally. And, uh, and I believe that's, that's who uh, brought it to my mom's attention, um, was one of my teachers was just like, you know, let's, you know, we might need to, might need to come in and have a chat. And then that's what ended up happening, mm-hmm. happening. And, uh, so then we went to the, the doctor and, um, did some tests after that. And uh, and that's where they figured out that, that I did in fact, uh, have some ADHD and ADD symptoms. So that's, so we're talking elementary school. Yeah. We're thinking, uh, I believe went back and looked, uh, second grade was, was when I went in and, and actually got technically diagnosed with it. So. so I think this this second, third, fourth grade is when the kids, you start to see immaturity kind of fade away. And so you see this, it's not, you can't just blame it on being little anymore. So you see that what the truth kind of rises to the top. So full transparency in second grade, I was noticing a little inversion of letters and numbers with my now eight-year-old son, Fletcher. Sure. And I was kind of questioning and I was at this time we are in remote learning times and so I was like he's a little bit difficult to teach (laughs) and this kind of echoed after I questioned something with his teacher she kind of started to pull things out which led us to a path of discovering Fletcher has ADHD so it's right around the time that you also got diagnosed which is really interesting yeah, yeah, and I think you know that's a, a you know that's a good time period. I mean, I think between you know two, second and you know fourth grade, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a it's a breakout period. I think when you really kind of realize that you know that what what issues you know your students are having, and you know are they keeping up with other students? Yeah, I think. like normal versus not typical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and that's just, I mean, there's little things that you can look for. But speaking per the, the TikTok, um, you know, I don't I don't follow TikTok too much. But but obviously, yeah, I mean, having kids out there, I mean, I, I Google, you know, just Google anything on the internet nowadays, um, look anything up, you know, trying to find information, you're going to get all sorts of, you know, crazy stuff unless right. you know exactly what you're looking for. So so second grade for you, mm-hmm. your mom takes you, how does she... You go to the doctor? Yeah, so it was actually the kind of a funny story with this one was so she um originally um kind of originally kind of thought we had I had some issues and so instead of actually going to a PMI pediatrician first cuz we you know I've already I've been seen him for years and years and years and it kind of was never really brought up. So she we actually took uh, took me to a child psychologist psychologist first. And it was kind of interesting because my my mom was not super excited with the results on that um, because apparently, and then, you know, I was, I think at the time I might've been like eight or nine, eight, I think, but there was still that confidentiality. Sure. And so she couldn't, you know, she couldn't get the answers that she wanted. And she, you know, the the psychologist was just had to be kind of very broad with, with her answers. So that was kind of, kind of disappointing for my, my mom, but, uh, Oh, you were meeting with this person privately, yeah. and they wouldn't share. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. So it, it was, and you know, I mean, I'm sure you can understand yeah. as, a, as a mom, that's that's pretty pretty upsetting, and yeah. And I don't think she realized that at the time, but but it was it was good. It was beneficial, I think. And then after that, that's when we ended up going back to to my doctor and and just trying to figure it out. And then that's when we started using the medications. Um, and and that's weird. And I think going back on everything. It's interesting to see that. So that's the and I can, we can talk about it a little bit later in some of the things that I learned later in life. But that's kind of the first knee jerk reaction I feel like is to all right, mm-hmm. well, let's start them on on this or that. And uh, you know, I'm not sure that's right for everybody, mm. but but I know that you know it's right for some, and it did help me for for a little while. So this is one of the things my husband and I struggled with initially 
during the conversation with the psych doctor who's done the evaluations with Fletcher, my husband, as we previously has talked about, has addiction issues, and he was worried the medication would exacerbate that in the future. And I mean, the doctor said flat out, I mean, it's proven and studied that there is a correlation between taking the medication and the addiction, but you just have to weigh the benefits and risks, you know, is it going to be, is yeah. the benefit of the medication going to yeah, and outweigh what could be? And that, that kind of gets into a little bit of my, my story going on into, you know, so into third and fourth grade. Um, so we kept kind of taking the medication, you know, as, as, you know, as prescribed. Do you remember that change or that shift? I, I do a little bit. I remember the, uh, the original, I remember my, my first time when I was started to, to pull back and I was being, kind of started to get hesitant against it. Um, it's because when I started to take it, I believe was was third to fourth grade is when I actually started to take the, I believe it was Ritalin was what I started off with was first. Um, and I took that every day. And I think I did that for about three to six months. And then in fifth grade is when I started to pull back and I just, uh, I, I was not happy with the way it made me feel. So could you instantly tell? When you put the pill, yeah, I could tell it. It's I could tell in class. I mean, I and yeah, I mean, and I could feel it too. I just was, and and you know me, I'm a very talkative person. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would just quiet down and I would just sort of sit there. I mean, and I, you know, the medicine did work. Um, You know, I was focusing more, but the way that it made me feel, and then the way that changed my personality, and the way that I acted with my friends at school, um, was was not, you know, not so much for me, I think. And that was, you know, that was the reason why I sort of stepped back from it. And I kept, you know, I told my mom, I was like, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like taking it. And you um, felt like it quieted your personality. Yeah. It, you know, it took away, I thought it took away that, you know, that per, took away that kind what of makes spark you in Jamie. my person. Exactly. Yeah. It took away kind of what makes me myself. And, mm. And so I, that I noticed, and and my mom obviously wasn't, you know, going to force me to to take this if you know if I, against my will. So so you know we we did you know talk to the doctor, and we're like, all right, you know, it's not not something that I'm really enjoying. And so you know we looked at other ways and other things that we can do, you know, such as you know different ways of of going about taking tests, things like that. And really, it's really about talking with your teachers. And, you know, what my mom did is, you know, and I believe once, you know, the biggest thing is, I think the biggest thing is getting the diagnosis and you need to get out there and you need to advocate for yourself. And if you're a parent, you need to advocate for your children. Uh, I think that was one of the biggest things I got from my parents was, you know, you know, the public schools sometimes, at least back, back when we were (laughs) in there, um, you know, ADD, I don't think ADHD wasn't looked at as much um, as it is now. And so I think, you know, back then they had to advocate a little bit more for yourself. And, you know, once you get that diagnosis, then you can, you know, go in from there and usually um, you can get an individual educational plan. Mm-hmm. And that's basically where I believe they do it for the unit four here. Um, it's I, it's called an IEP. Yes. Yep. Uh, public 504 private. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So once you get one of those, basically, that's the best thing I think you can get on track. You can get into the, I guess you get in the system. But that way, you know, your teachers know, and instead of, you know, bottling it up and not speaking about it, you need to, you know, you need to let your teachers know, you need to let your, you know, friends and family know. Um, I just think it's a, it's a good way to advocate for yourself and to get those tools from the the school, you know, from your friends and from the teachers, you know, those tools that, you know, that you need to help yourself learn. Um, That's, you know, I think these kids undiagnosed 
can be looked at like the bad kids, you know, the one with the behavior problems. And even when Fletcher was diagnosed, I'm still struggling to tell people about it. And I don't want it to be viewed as shameful. Sure. But it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to come to terms with a little bit because you know it's going to be something they struggle with potentially forever yeah yeah and i mean i I, yeah and i think that's something i don't want there to be a stigma with it no exactly and and it's weird because you know it's actually kind of amazing to realize how many people actually probably have some sort of or form of adhd add um or as i found out later in life with me with dyslexia but i think you know you know overcoming those things and realizing you know what your issues are you know, those are the first things you got to, you got to start with. And I think it starts as, you know, as early as second grade and like, you know, my, my parents did for me. And as you know, I think you did with Fletcher, Mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta advocate, you gotta, you gotta notice those signs and speak up. Did you feel like the bad kid? I mean, (laughs) were you always, everyone always saying, no, 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 don't don't, stop. Yeah. I was, I was always, I don't feel like I was the bad kid. I was definitely, um, all my teachers, you know, was always, oh, you know, you know, Jamie, you know, he's going to be the, you know, the talkative one, uh, you know, the can't sit still, you know, always doing something. You know, I got, you know, got kicked out of band because Aww. I could talk too much in band class. But, you know, and it's just it's just little things like that. But um, but no, I never I don't know. I never really thought I, I was looked down upon on that. I just kind of figured that was just me. That's my personality. And I always knew I had I had the option to go back to to taking the medicine to taking Ritalin, um, which I did later um, when I went into college. Oh, um, really? So you lapsed all high school? Uh, yeah. So it's kind of surprising. So I I was in and out of the. So I took the medicine f- about fourth to fifth grade, um, third to fifth grade ish, and then I stopped in fifth grade, and uh, I started taking it again freshman year of college, um, and I only took it during when I was, when I needed it. So I only, I mean, I only mm-hmm. took it during testing usually. Um, that was one of my biggest problems. And also I noticed, and my teachers noticed, you would think, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, you you need extra time in ADD and ADHD, but I was always, whenever you took tests and, you know, and, and your teacher, you know, would be like, all right, when you're done with your test, bring it up to the front of the class and then you may leave. Um, I was always the first or second kid <laughs> done with the test. Um, and On I, medication. Uh, no, no. So this was off medication, no matter oh. what, no matter what, this was off medication. At SIU, when I was on the medication, I would take it for, because when I was first at SIU, I didn't take any, um, I didn't register, basically. I didn't register and let them know that I had uh, any type of uh-huh. learning disability. Sure. So I didn't have those those assets or, you know, those extra tools, the extra time that I needed. Um, Why do you think you didn't report? Uh, at that time, to be honest, I hadn't, you know, I'd kind of thrown the whole ADHD, ADHD thing in, in the background. Um, mm. I kind of just pushed forward and I, you know, I got through sixth, seventh and eighth grade, um, right. got, you know, got through high school fine. I thought, um, you know, and I was like, you know, let's just, let's just go with it. Um, but I did notice right off the bat at, at, uh, in Carbondale, all of a sudden you're in these, these classes with, you know, 300, 400 people sometimes, and uh, and you just get overlooked, and so I was overwhelmed my my freshman and sophomore year of uh, college. Then I knew something something needed to change, and so yeah, we definitely went went back on the on the Ritalin, but only really for testing, um, and it made a drastic difference. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean you and I and I noticed. I being in college, you're much more cognizant of it, but I noticed right away. 
you know, I take it, you know, half an hour before I took a test and I could go in there and I could, I could sit in there for eight hours. Or if I needed to go to a study session in the library night before a test, I could go in there for eight straight hours and just. So why do you think you were focus. turning your tests in so quickly? Before? So yeah, when I wasn't on, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that was just because I wanted to get out of, oh, out of the class, just wanted to get it but, done. but I, I don't, I honestly, I, I just, I don't know. I, I was always a quick test taker, I feel like. Even um, if not accurate. Yeah. And that's the, <laughs> yeah. And that's the weird thing. Um, but I, but my biggest, my biggest problem was, was always math and English. Um, mm. Those, those two, I just could, could never, could never get. And it was interesting math, um, math. I was, I went to a, a tutor. This was during, let's see, this would be, well, I would want to say eighth grade freshman year. And I went to a, a tutor, a math tutor. And uh, I was doing math and, or, you know, I finished an algebraic equation and, and he looks at it and he's like, we got the right answer. And he's like, show me how you did this. And so, you know, I showed him my work and everything next to it. And a lot of my teachers in in high school would get upset with me also middle school because I would come up with, with the answer with in a different for in a different way basically and they wouldn't see my work and they'd or, or I'd come up with the answer and the answer would be like a couple decimal point you know, or not decimal points but it'd be just a couple numbers off but sure. it, you know around it it would be pretty dang close and right. they'd be like well how did you get this number and I was doing way way too much I was you know I was so if I wanted to get a percent which is funny because you know if all you need to do is get a percent of something you just multiply it by you know point you know point twenty percent multiply it by point two zero. I would take the entire number, I would divide it by 100, Mm -hmm. and then I would multiply that by whatever, you know, percent I was trying to get to get to get the number. I would just sit there sometimes and just, you know, trial and error to see how close I could get to the number. And it was just uh, the tutor was told my parents, he's like, he's, his brain's just wired in a different way. I was getting the right answer, but I was just going about it and kind of just another another way of doing it. And so you know, it was interesting going along through middle school, high school, college, and just to see, you know, how how I learned differently than some of my other classmates and, and how teachers reacted to it. And, uh, you know, I think the teachers that knew I had ADD or ADHD and, you know, it, it, it was interesting to see, but some of the teachers had no idea, I think. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that was <laughs> my fault or, or theirs, but um, I think, I think, you know, you just, you've got to be a, you've got to be an advocate for yourself, I think. And I, I learned that, I think, a little bit later, later in life than when I should have done a little bit earlier. You said you, in college, you took it as needed, which is what I do with Fletcher, mm-hmm. because it, you felt like it kind of stomped your personality down. So when I, when we were dabbling with different medications and doses and when to take it, and some are quick uh, acting and some are long acting. So I, I, we only do it during the week when he's in school and on the summer we take off. But when I was still kind of dabbling, I gave it to, I gave him a dose before we went to the swimming pool where usually he would just be running amok and jumping in and having fun. And all he wanted to do was sunbathe. And it was, (laughs) that's when I was like, I can't do this all summer. Like this is not him. Yeah. Yeah. That's, he just wanted to lay there. It was, it was shocking. It was um, confronting for me. That's yeah. And I'll, I'll admit that, you know, that's, it's weird. Uh, I mean, you know, I, especially that's what I was mostly taking was the fast acting stuff um, mm-hmm. that wouldn't, or I, I don't think it would, it wouldn't go past like five hours, I think at least. Because it affects your sleep. Yeah, that, well, yeah, that too. Um, but yeah, and that was, I mean, it was, it just, 
I could tell instantly. And hmm. yeah, especially in, in the age group where I, you know, fifth grade, that's, you know, a, a big time where, you know, you're, you're learning, you know, who your friends are going to be this and that, and you've got you know, all sorts of things going on, sports and everything like that. And yeah, I mean, I just, when I, when I took it, I felt different and, and I just did not like that. Um, and you know, it was kind of, for me, it was just, you know, what's the risk reward, I guess, ratio, yeah. but I, I kind of just looked at it as, you know, this is, I am who I am and, yeah. and I'm just, you know, this is how I'm going to be. So in, after, tell me what happens after Carbondale. So now you're starting to, you haven't reported it, but you're starting to medicate to get through school. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I ended up, uh, basically just using it for my, my end of the year, you know, uh, finals, things like that, big tests, things, you know, that's basically what I used it for. But, um, you know, it, it worked, but it also, you know, college was a different beast and, and Carbondale just did not really work out for me. As it doesn't for most. Yeah. And <laughs> you could, yeah, I was going to say it's a two, couple, couple reasons probably for that, but yes, Carbondale is a, is a tough place. But, uh, but after, after kind of realizing that and Carbondale was like, you know, it's not a great, let's just move on from there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when we kind of parents, you know, we got kind of serious with this and we're like, all right, let's look at, you know, what, what, what's the best option for me? And, and we went and we talked to an educational consultant and she, you know, she basically probed me in a little bit, asking me some questions and things, you know, what I liked. And we ended up, you know, the best thing for me, and I would push this on anybody in high school or, you know, about to graduate high school, a gap year, at least a, a six months, you know, you don't need to go straight out of high school into college. I mean, you can spend your time, you know, you get out, spend a year, six months, whatever it is, try to figure out what you want to do. And I ended up um, doing National Outdoor Leadership School as uh, the name of it. It's called Knowles. Um, it's a wonderful, wonderful organization. And I took a course in Baja, Mexico, outdoor leadership course. Um, they also, we do a bunch of different stuff, wilderness training. And then it's also, you get 16 credit hours to the University of Utah through it. Hmm. So, um, you know, it was all sorts of stuff about biology, um, ecology, things like that. But it was three months in the wilderness we did one month sailing, one month sea kayak, and one month one month backpacking. And I, I was not a backpacker at the time, so that that really kind of opened up my eyes. Just on, you know, it was kind of just like, all right, let's take a break, let's get your mindset. Also, think about you know the last couple of years of your life and whatnot. And and I came back from that. And and this is also where you learned to expand your palate beyond yes, plain burgers yes, and buns. Yes, yes. It's it's amazing what you'll do when you get hungry. Um, <laughs> yes, I was in the wilderness. So yeah, we only had certain things to eat, whatever we could carry with us. Um, and uh, yeah, during the sailing section and also during the backpacking section, yeah, I uh, found my love for vegetables and then also for, <laughs> for fish because that was the only meat that we could get. And uh, I happened to be a pretty good fisherman. So, so you kind of grew up. Yes. Yeah. So I say, yeah, that was kind of the time where it's like, you know what? Yeah. I kind of just, uh, became a, became an adult, I guess I would say. Um, but that's when I started to really take my, um, my education seriously. Or your future really. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Just, Hey, what am I going to do with my life? And (laughs) well, you can ask my, my parents would probably tell you different, but I, I did, I did want to do, I did want to, when I came back from that trip, you know, I wanted to, Oh, you know, just go hop on a sailboat and just sail for the rest of my life. Cause Mm -hmm. that's how much fun I had down there. But, um, but no, I, I came back, went to an educational consultant in Chicago and was looking at going into schooling again, getting basically my degree. And uh, so we looked at, uh, took, or sorry, I took some uh, 
took some tests up there basically. And that's where they, they came out with the idea that I had slight dyslexia also. So, um, they did the testing for, for the school that I was trying to go out to in uh, Vermont called landmark. And, uh, so they found out that I had slight dyslexia as long, along with my ADHD. And that was, that was hurting my, my ability to focus and all sure. the other things that, that come along with it. So that's kind of where I, where landmark came in and and that's kind of what changed my uh, my educational path. Now the the Carbondale Community College Yes, uh, the John A. Logan. Was that after Carbondale, before Baja? Yep, yep, that'd okay. be, yep, okay. that was a, uh, yep, I uh, flunked out of Carbondale and uh, then had to do, uh, to get back into Carbondale, I had to go and, and oh, do some Lord. courses at John A. John A. Logan, which is, uh, was kind of like, I guess you could consider it kind of like a Parkland College sure. to U of I, um, similar to Carbondale and John A. Logan. Then yeah. Knowles? Yep, then I did Knowles, okay. yep, and then after Knowles was, uh, was when I went out to uh, Vermont. Okay. And that was when Landmark uh, started. And so Landmark is a college dedicated to students with learning disabilities. That's correct. Yep. Okay. So here you get your degree. Yep. So I originally went out there for just a four-week summer course, um, basically on – for it's it's really a great course. It's for kids that uh, that want to go to college, that just want to kind of learn how to learn. And I took that four-week course out there, um, and I was just kind of – just blown away a little bit about some of the stuff that they taught. And so I decided looking at it and I was like, you know what, they've got a associate degree program and I ended up staying, um, ended up staying there for two and two years and grabbing uh, an associate degree in liberal arts from them. In liberal Um, arts. Yep. Liberal arts. Yep. And, uh, but it, it was mostly, um, I mean, they, the, the best part about that school is their, you know, their teacher, teacher to student ratio is amazing. I can't even remember. I think it's like a six to one ratio, Jeez. something like that. And they have a made the, the teachers out there are amazing. You know, all, all have great academic uh, backgrounds and, but they, they really do care. Um, and the, the biggest thing that I learned out there though, is to, to just, you know, there's, there's different ways for people to learn. Everyone learns differently and you got to figure out the way that you learn and you need to advocate for yourself um, the tools that you need to make that happen. And so that was kind of, you know, my biggest thing was, you know, organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never really had t- issues with, you know, time. I'm always, I feel like I'm always on time if I can be, and I'm always kind of crazy about time. But, um, but yeah, the biggest things I learned out there were, was just how to focus. Um, color coordination was huge with me too. Oh, you know, interesting. It, and that was, yeah, that was something that, that I learned just in our note-taking class. But, you know, if you got You mean five, like using a bright highlighter? Uh, not so much just the bright highlighter, but yeah, I mean, so I'm very visual and I'm sure a lot of AD, people with ADD, ADHD, dyslexia have, you know, they're that the same way, but yes, colors. So like if you've got, you know, if, if you're taking four courses, um, you know, let's make math blue, let's oh, make I English, you know, let's make English green. And so you basically, you know, you've got the different color binders, your notes are, I mean, it's just a, it's just so a it's way to very organize. simple. Yeah. It's a visual way to organize. And it's not like you got to sit there and write in red ink for, you know, yeah. for the course, but just to keep all your notes for that one class, you know, in a red folder, everything. You know, it's, oh, I love that. I love color coordination. <laughs> I know, you know that you do. <laughs> But yeah, that that was one big thing I learned. Um, you know, it was just also too. We did a we did a speech course, which was really fun. That you know you don't really realize, but you know we videotaped ourselves for most of the the speeches, and 
you know, you, you look at yourself and you're just sitting there talking and, you know, you think you're getting all red and you're making yourself look stupid at yeah. the front. And then, you know, afterwards they, you know, play the videotape for you and you look and you're like, oh, I didn't, okay, it didn't really look that bad. Mm. Like you couldn't tell that I was, I was freaking out inside. So I don't know, it just, but I really think this, the, the teacher to student ratio was big. Um, and then you're also around other students that have similar issues. And so that's, a, you know, another positive, I think. Just to being around all everybody in their different in, environments. Oh, and yeah. You don't feel so alone. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things, well, you kind of touched on this color coordination and being visual. And we talked a little bit about this, about the scrolling. Fletcher can't do homework for hours. He can't do a lot of things for hours. But he could be in front of a screen for hours. Oh, yeah. And I don't understand the disconnect. Why you can do something visually stimulating like that with ADHD, but you can't sit down and do your homework or even read a book maybe you'd possibly don't want to read oh man yeah so re- reading yeah even fit i don't i can't I hate to say this but i don't remember that many books that i've actually finished huh. um reading was you know i've always i've always loved you know reading <laughs> small little little articles things like that but books were always yeah books were always was were always hard for me <laughs> uh, finishing a lot of things that's you know another thing finishing tasks um and anybody that knows me will will be like you know I'm I'm a you know, I like to jump around and do different things and that's something I've kind of learned later in life and especially in in your schooling is you know you've got to focus on one thing at a time and you got to know that you know you're not that great at finishing things so you know it's like all right You've got to prepare for that and you've got to focus on on getting mm-hmm. on getting things done i guess and and making sure that you know that you've got your plan ahead of you so you can you can get it finished you can get it accomplished on time and i mean i can't remember how many times in school i was always known for turning stuff in late um you know and the teachers would always you know i'd always get a grade off because it was a day late you sure know? But yeah, I think organizational skills, outlines, you know, learning how to, to make a proper outline, yeah. um, especially for note taking. And then just especially if you've got a big project coming up, you know, just put it on paper, get it, you know, get it visually on paper, um, you know, when you're going to start it, how you're going to do it. And that doesn't, you know, an outline doesn't have to be, you know, how they, you know, an APA outline where, you know, or you've got, you've got it all listed. I mean, you can draw a circle. I mean, and then just go from there, brainstorm. You can write a lot of things down that don't have to be actually i mean written you know a lot of a lot of times they can it can be drawn uh, to be a picture it doesn't have to be actual words but it's just whatever works for you and i uh, i think that figuring out what those things are and especially um at an early age and then understanding that is is what works and it's tough though for you know especially little ones little ones exactly and i didn't learn any of this or i didn't understand any of this until i was older and you know in college and and past them still learning to this day yeah so, you know, I ask Fletcher, what does he feel like inside? Then what does he feel like on the medication? And it's hard for him to articulate it. So can you tell me, like, what do you feel inside? Yeah, so... Like, with under ADHD's grasp, what what do you feel? Yeah, and I guess it was a, a calm for me. Um, and I don't know, I was calm but alert. But you just, you don't feel yourself. And, I, you know, and having... You know, having everybody asking you too, you know, like, all right, how are you feeling? You know, it's that's oh, tough, you know, because you've and, and you know, as a parent, you know, you want to do that, and you've you've got to know how your kids are feeling, you know. But um, but yeah, but under that scrutiny, you know, I mean, it's just you're always, you know, then it, you know, then it makes you wonder more, like, okay, you know, 
Yeah, you, you know, get what, inside your what, head. Yeah, you just think too much, and that's and you know, and that's a lot of a lot of ADD and a lot of you know what people kids have. It's just a lot of overthinking too, um, or a lot of just not thinking, and just that's how you just go with it. But yeah, I mean, it was it was tough. I think uh, I wouldn't say it's a bad feeling. I just said you're almost sometimes no, you're just numb. yeah, you're numb or you're tr- you're kind of just sort of not so much trapped, but you're in you're in its own little world, and you know that you're on this medication. And I think knowing that you're on it mm-hmm. makes you think more about it. And uh, and I think that was big for me. It was oh, it was knowing that I'm on it, and you know just just thinking oh man I'm this I'm, isn't I'm weird yeah I'm really weird right now this you know this isn't me and and I don't like it but so when you're when you're in a spiral of ADHD unmedicated how are you feeling chaotic unfocused nervous like what what are the what's your brain yeah, doing so, yeah, well that's so it depends on what the situation so like during schoolwork you mean or yeah sure yeah so under a stressful situation yeah stressful situation or a situation where you need to focus uh i mean i would say it's you know it's not <laughs> i don't feel i don't know what the feeling would be i guess I guess yeah, you you can get that scatter brain. You can get the the kind of fight or flight in the head. Um, and you know, I think that f- frustration comes out. I think mm-hmm. with a lot of kids, um, if you can't, you know, and I, this happens a lot of times. I feel like with, with math and sometimes in my English, but yeah, you if there's something you can't do and you're you're having trouble and it's like it's right on the tip of your tongue or you just you know exactly what you want to do, but you just, you can't figure it out. You can't put it on paper. It's frustrating. And and I think that's where you'll see a little bit of the anger and a little bit of the, the frustration come out sometimes. Yeah. And I, and I, I do remember, I, I do remember a lot of that when I was little. Um, also Fletcher in, gets frustrated. That's one of his big, the teacher's biggest um, dings. Sure. Is he gets frustrated with it, himself or his peers. Uh, he's running out of time and he doesn't know what to do or he can't get a problem or he's waiting for something and and he gets frustrated. Yeah, exactly. And so I think the coping mechanisms with that is yeah. is what you have to learn. Yeah. Um and and a I lot think of that times, gets better with age, it, don't you? It, exactly. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think they I mean you ever really cope with it 100%, but yeah. but there's just, you know, there's tools and there's ways that you need to to you know to go about it and but yeah, I feel like, and that's the other thing is a lot of teachers will see that frustration. And I think nowadays teachers are probably pretty well aware of, you know, ADHD, ADD back, you know, when, when I was in school, I'm not so much sure, you know, if they were aware of all that, but yeah, they see the the frustration and they might think, is it of, you know, are they acting out? Yeah. Um, and that's where I think some of the kids might get, you know, the, the bad boy, the bad kid. Yeah. yeah and though, you know. Something, you know, or class clown. Well, uh, yep. And of course, you know, and I was always looked at as, as the class clown in a lot of, in a lot of my classes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, it was just one of those stigmatisms. I think people, people would put with it. Um, but it's the anger, the, the frustration, it's definitely there sometimes. Mm. And especially, especially when you're under the, you know, the time, time frames of a test. Um, yeah. or my biggest, my biggest thing I feel was a lot of times was group projects. Group projects were tough um, because, you know, and I, you, 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 you had to, you know, you had to pull your weight. Um, mm. But then I think group projects, it was tough sometimes just working with others because, you know, they, I was good at working with, working with others, but it was, 
you know, how would, how would we, you know, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And certain things work for me better than yeah. they did for them. And so it was kind of just explaining to them, you know, and it's more so in college, um, because I feel like you work more with groups in college and yeah. especially when you're professional life, um, that you really just need to, you know, kind of hunker down and focus and, and, uh, you know, find the path forward and use your, your tools to make things happen. I would be the girl uh, calling you. Where's your part of the assignment? <laughs> yeah, I tell you, oh, I got the wrong email. <laughs> so we've um, just to be clear, ADHD is the universal term now, and ADD is the old school term. And even with the H, it doesn't necessarily mean you're hyper. That doesn't necessarily qualify you to have ADHD. Yeah, and I, I noticed that too. I, before you know, when you asked me to to, to come here and, and to uh, to do this, I you know I was like, yeah, I should probably just check up on my my research on yeah. everything. And yeah, I found that out that uh, there really was. I was research, you know, googling ADD and everything ADHD popped up. Um, and of course, there was about fifteen websites that popped up that were all advertisements that were you sure. know ADD ADHD tests yes. and test free testing here and check to see if you have ADHD. And, you know, it was, it was almost like, you know, just like they're popping up like coupons left and right, trying sure. to, trying to get your money or just trying to get a click on there. So yeah, bringing it back to, I guess that the TikToks and everybody, you know, wondering, do I have it? You know, yeah. oh my goodness, you know, like, you know, I think everybody has a little bit of, you know, a little bit of that, but you know, like I said earlier in the, the biggest thing is getting diagnosed early and then understanding, you know, what you, you know, what your limit limitations are. Um, and, and getting interventions to... or resources. Exactly. Yep. So t at times I have felt since Fletcher was little, little frustrated with him because and now he's eight for forgetting something or being clumsy or clunky or unfocused. Mm -hmm. And so now in the retrospect, you know, maybe it wasn't his fault. And so I feel bad for being tough on him because of that. So what would you tell a parent or an adult that maybe hasn't been diagnosed? What would advice would you give someone with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder? Well, first off, I, I would I'd tell the parents not not to feel bad at all. Um, you're you're worried about your child. And I think that's completely normal and should be should be applauded, you know? Um, so I don't, I don't think parents should feel bad about, you know, about worrying about their kids or about asking. So what would you tell an adult right. with that thinks they have ADHD? What advice would you give them? An adult having ADHD. The good thing about that is, is you can, you're much more aware and there's a lot of easy resources for you, I'd say. But I think just knowing your limitations Finding out the tools, I feel like that's the biggest thing, um, and then just realizing what you're, what you're really good at, and utilize that. And you know, I've I've done that. You know, obviously, <laughs> I didn't go into certain, I didn't take certain jobs, I didn't go looking for certain jobs because I knew I I would absolutely hate doing that. So, you know, uh, you know, try to you know if you think you're it's a limitation, you know, turn it into a positive, turn it into something good, you know. And so, you know, I. 
I, you know, people say I talk a lot. I'm a talkative person. And I, you know, <laughs> so, you know what? Let's go into hospitality, you yeah, know? totally, and, Jamie. Yes. And so, yeah. And so, you know, take it, you know, take a negative, turn it into a positive or what you think is a negative, which a lot of people, you know, think ADHD and ADD is, you know, a negative thing. You know, I I don't know. You could possibly look at that and say, hey, you know, it, it could be okay to have it. And it's it's fine, you know, if you can, you know, use it as your special power. So I don't, you know, I... I try to use, I guess, you know, what I have and, and I, you know, going into my, my adult life, you know, hospitality, I like being around people, I like being active. So, you know, I was, got into the music business, you know, you're always busy, especially on, on a show night, you know, and then, uh, you know, I managed a conference center for a while. And so just doing events, being around people, I mean, that's, that's like, perfect for somebody with with ADHD mm-hmm. um, but now you know then there's the downfalls to it you know because you're also you've got to be organized you've got to you've got to be on point with certain things and so you know it's just a you know you got to take it you know one step at a time and make sure that you're you know covering all your bases and going into going into things knowing that you know it's gonna be a little bit harder for me to do this so you know I've got to spend a little bit extra time on that but you know, knowledge is key and, and knowing your, your limitations and knowing what you can do, I think is, uh, is super positive. That is really, really good advice. Very good, Jamie. Well, is there anything else you want to plug or let the audience know? Uh, I don't know. I thanks so much for, for having me on here. I really, uh, I think it, hopefully this will be beneficial for you and other, other yeah, parents. Thank you. I mean, I, for someone with ADHD, Jamie, you did a wonderful job. <laughs> you were well prepared and very articulate. So, well, yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, no, I, I do, but I also uh, would would definitely you know plug the uh, Landmark College. I think and you know Landmark.edu um, is their website, but there's so many other schools out there. Um, you know, it's just reaching out, figuring out what you you know what your issues are, and and uh, and finding your tools and and uh you know advocating i think is just the biggest thing and and that school was great for me um to teach to learn how to learn basically Mm -hmm. and then moving on from there um i went into a college atmosphere right after that and i got straight a's for two and a half three years so there's a place out there for everyone i think yeah yeah and and it's just about finding it and uh and i was lucky enough um you know the educational consultant that we spoke with you know spoke super highly of this school and and it's one of the best in the nation and then i know obviously you know not everyone's going to have that opportunity so you know you just got to look locally too um your teachers i think your teachers these days are 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 pretty well well versed in this and and they want to help for the most part exactly and i think any teacher if as a parent i think if you go and you know you ask them i think they'll be they'll spot on and they'll say yeah you know no problem they'll help they'll work with you so yeah i really think that's it just as you know as early as you can just you know and speaking to your kids about it too Mm -hmm. you know that's another you know and it's tough you don't want to have to make your kid or son or daughter feel like they you know that they're weird or they're different than somebody else but um but you know you've got to have that conversation and it's better to have it early and and uh and get it going and normalize it yeah get get your get your tools and get your uh get everything done early so that way you can kind of move on from there and and then it only gets better, in my opinion, I think. And go check out Jamie um, in the evenings at Sunsinger. <laughs> yep, you can get me there. We uh, serve some great food and wine. Jamie is a, a manager there. So go check him out. It's the best food in town, I think. Okay. Well, Jamie, thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Emily. Thank you so much for listening. 
however your podcast host of choice allows, please positively rate, review, comment, and give all the stars. Also, subscribe and share, search and follow Hyperlocal CU on all social media. If I forgot anything, visit my website at hyperlocalcu.com. Bye. I think